What's up? What's happening? Welcome to the very first episode of the Red Leg Podcast. Actually, it's it's not even the first. I tried to do the whole Red Leg Podcast thing before, uh, where I just told my story, and then it just fell off. And the goal was to first tell my story and then interview other veterans. And, you know, it just fell off for a while, but I'm back. And the focus is just on these other veterans trying to get their stories. Uh, want to talk about their experiences. And not only that, I would love to bring in the mindfulness meditation and yoga aspect because I am a certified yoga instructor. Got my 200 hour certified certified yoga teacher training in the fall of fall of 2019 before all the craziness and I have been teaching yoga for about let's see we're in June six months and the first you know two or three months we're in the studio enjoyed that and then COVID kicked in and I've just been virtual ever since but I definitely enjoy yoga I want more veterans to uh, practice yoga it, it helps with, uh, you know, con- you know, keeping that mind clear, as well as uh, flexibility and reducing that pain. Uh, so with that, we'll also be talking to uh, mental health professionals, yoga instructors, uh, meditation, mindfulness, all uh, Ricky Hills, all of that will be in this. But without further ado, uh, we have. An interview with Miss Aliyah Shakur. Uh, she was in the United States Army and served in uh, at Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, she's a homie of mine, a friend, and I just wanted the first episode to be with a woman. Um, I def, you know, their stories need to get out a little bit more. Um, and yeah. But we'll go ahead and get into that interview real quick. It was enjoyable. Got to learn a little bit more about my friend and hope y'all like what she has to say. Well, all right. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and kind of get through this experience. Uh, We've got Miss Aaliyah Shakur here. Say what's up to the people. Hello, hello, hello. So I decided, you know, it's only right trying to start it off with uh, one of the homies to do this interview um, as far as their Army experience. Uh, So pretty much before we even get, I was like, I always want to start at the beginning. So what was your childhood like? Like what, what did your parents do? Um, Where were you? Like what size of family did you have? And where did you fit in that? So I come from a pretty, I would say, I I would call us a pretty big family. Um, Both my mom and my dad were in the military when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually where they met. They were both in the army. They met in Germany where I was born. Um, And then later, uh, years later, they actually divorced. And when they divorced me, my mom and my brother all moved to Detroit with my grandfather. Okay. So I grew up in Detroit, East Side Seven Mile. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got gotta represent. <laughs> gotta give a gotta give a blade icewood shout out. Uh, seven mile and Gratiot to be exact. <laughs> and up. for me, I think like growing up, I was one of very few girls on the block. So I, I was pretty big tomboy back then. Like 
I played football, played basketball. I mean, I, I fought with the boys. They were the ones calling me to go fight other people. So, I mean, that was that was pretty much my childhood as far as like growing up around so many different males. And a lot of them were much older than me as well. Like, I, I enjoyed playing sports. I mean, I'm not very good at basketball. I have no kind of handles. I'm trash. Like, just going to admit it. But now <laughs> football, that that's my game. Right. I, I could throw the hell out of a football. Cool. That's what's up. So what would you say your life uh, favorite movie? I mean, not favorite movie, but favorite memory was from your childhood? Um, I would say my favorite memory from my childhood would be being in the kitchen with my mom or my grandfather. Um, because we lived with my grandfather, like watching him cook, like my grandfather was Mexican. So watching him cook all these different recipes that, you know, were passed down from tradition, you know, traditionally tra- passed down. And, you know, watching him, it's dead of summer, 98 degrees outside, and he's eating Mexican, you know, Mexican-style chili, sweating and coughing and choking. And his thing was, if you're not sweating, it's not hot enough. And I'm like, but it, but it's 90 degrees outside. Like, who eats chili in 90-degree weather? He like, we do. Like, <laughs> now you know, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so being, being pr- practically, you know, raised by my grandfather was like a huge thing for me and, you know, having that strong male influence in my life in that way because i know a lot of people don't get that kind of time with their grandparents right right yeah i wish i would have spent a little bit more time with my uh maternal grandfather because he was the he was the hustle of the family he sold barbecue pits he was a barber he owned property like he was really um and he did photography because so almost like a renaissance man and a lot of times people don't remember, uh, don't think of it as grandparents. A lot of times are <laughs> great, a little bit better than the parents. <laughs> right. They, they hustle. Yeah. They did what they had to do. All right. Uh, so how was school for you? How was, um, did you enjoy school? Did it come easy or did you like it or not like it? For me, I enjoyed elementary school. Okay. And I think it was because I was so much further ahead than other people. Like my grandmother on my dad's side was a librarian for mm-hmm. a long time. And she had me reading by the time I was three years old. Okay. So by the time I entered first grade, I had already had about a third to fourth grade reading level to the point where I was helping mentor other students, like through our future teacher programs that we had in elementary school and helping other, you know, younger students like kindergarten age. And as I moved up in grades, helping those younger students, you know, read and get through like that. That was my thing. Like, and, and I love science. Like to this day, I'm still a nerd in that way where I love reading and science and history. Like those are my main subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as middle school, like I enjoyed, like for, for the most part, I had a pretty good like school experience. Like I enjoyed middle school. I enjoyed high school. Um, middle school, I went to a performing arts school. I played clarinet from fourth grade and then I got into a performing arts middle school which it was a performing arts middle school during the time, but it was also like zoned in a certain area. So like neighborhood kids that went there still had a school to go to. Okay. Um, but if you lived outside the district, you were going there for f- performing arts. Okay. Um, and then I ended up stopping clarinet and I played violin and I did that up until I was in high school. And then in high school, I went to Detroit School of Arts for my freshman through my junior year. And then I went to another school called Denby my senior year. All right. Um, so you got through with school. What uh, what was your life like between well after high school and before you joined the army? Did you go to college or anything or any schooling after that? So I did two semesters in college. I went to Eastern Michigan University, um, where my major was international business. Okay. I 
I, I lived the college life. Let's just say that. I, I was one of those that lived the college life. I gained the freshman 15, which for me was about 2025. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I decided like, you know, this, it wasn't for me right then and there. Okay. Like there were a lot of other contributing factors that it was like, you know, I need to step away. I need to find something else to do. And then of course the cost of college was a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, who gonna pay these bills now? Cause granted I'm working, but who gonna pay my bills? My mama can't pay them no more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out the house now. Yeah, yeah, that real life will hit you real quick. Oh, it definitely did. Cause I was like, oh, wait a minute. I got my own phone bill to pay. Oh, I still got about, I got to buy myself clothes. Like yeah. <laughs> there's nobody taking care of you anymore. So it's like, okay. And granted she would help out here and there, but it was like, you know, at this, I'm, I had to tell her like at this age, like I know for sure, like these are things that I should be doing on my own and that I need to do on my own. Okay. So I, I lived my full college life before I decided to go ahead and join the army. Okay. So when was that? When did you enlist in uncle Sam's army? I did that September 9th, 2008. Okay. And then where did you go for basic training? For basic training, I went to Fort Jackson in South Carolina. Relax in Jackson. Okay. Good day. And how was that experience? Well, for I know a lot of people call it Relax in Jackson, but for me, there was nothing relaxing about it. Um, my first my first time, my first week there, I would say, which we call reception. Um, on day zero, I remember getting off the bus and, you know, it's the full experience that you that you see on YouTube videos and on movies where you got all these people shouting and yelling in your face. And of course, you got the goofy ones that start laughing and then they get attacked more. Um, but I can remember being up for roughly about 36 to almost 48 hours before ever getting a chance to actually fully sleep. Okay. Because it's like by the time we got there, it was like, okay, you only got a few hours. Then you got to hurry up and you got to get up because now you got to do all this paperwork and, you know, get your bank account set up, get all this stuff done before you actually get to week one mm-hmm. to boot camp training. Okay. And did you feel like you adjusted pretty well to basic or did it take you some time? Oh, it definitely took me some time. I would say the biggest thing that it like the biggest thing that was the issue for me and I wouldn't even call it an issue but I would say I would say it was an opportunity for me mm-hmm. was dealing with knowing that somebody else is somebody else's actions causes that trickle effect where now everybody got to pay for it that mass punishment so yeah this one just forgot their weapon or this one just walked to the bathroom without a battle buddy now everybody in trouble or you know somebody goes to the bathroom without a battle buddy you hear a drill sergeant say, bang, you're dead. All of a sudden, you know, now you got to carry that person for the rest of the day. Yeah, man. And carrying somebody who's technically overweight on a waiver in boot camp for a whole 12 hours, it's a lot. Yeah. It's Jeez. a lot. Yeah, definitely. And what was your what was your MOS? My MOS when I went in was 62 Bravo, and it later converted maybe about a year and a half, two years later, almost to a 91 Lima series. Um, which is heavy construction equipment repair. So I was able to work on tractors, uh, dozers, pretty much anything heavy wheel, you name it, that's what I was able to work on. Okay, why'd you pick that MOS? I picked it because it was something different. It was something different and outside of the norm. I had already had a little bit of experience with cars. I had helped my grandfather build a car when I was younger. Um, So just having that background in mechanics, and plus I like to work with my hands, 
So I was like, you know what, why not? I can't see myself sitting in an office. Like I want to be out there doing something every day, being active. So I chose that. Cool. And I have heard stories of women getting tried in basic training. Did you ever come across that or did you ever uh, see it happen with any other women in your uh, in your basic training class? For me, I would say no. Um, as far as like dealing with other male soldiers that are going through the training. Absolutely. Okay. Because it's their first time encountering a woman to where you two are equal in a sense where you're getting yelled at, or you may even be like a platoon guide or an assistant platoon guide. And now they may outrank you technically because that's what they came in as, but because you're, you know, APG or PG, you're now telling them what to do. So when it comes to aspects of that, absolutely. Like I I got deemed pit bull in a skirt because I had like, you know, no, you're not going to do it this way. You're going to do it the way I told you to do. Or I would see females try to pass off their rucksacks during a ruck march. And it's like, like, no, if I got to carry mine, and I'm running from the front of the formation to the back of the formation because I'm the assistant platoon guy, there's no way I'm going to let you pass off your rucksack and you standing just right here. All you got to do is just fall in line. Yeah, remember, I, I remember one time I went to, I had to go to ALC. No, no, ALC, um, Warrior Leader, of course, WLC. And we, one of our last road marches, and of course we had women in the platoon. And this one, she had blisters, and then one of the other infantry guys, he carried her rucksack too. And I was like... That ain't gonna be me. I ain't finna carry one, two rucksacks. I'm carrying my own, and that's it. So I definitely saw that on the other side too. Exactly. We all got the same amount of weight we're carrying right now. Why should somebody have to do twice the load just because your back hurts? Like all our right. back, all of our back hurt. All of our feet hurt. We all got on the same uniform right now. Everybody's tired. We all want to break. Like you got to do the work too. Yeah. So how was long? How long was your basic training? My basic training was nine weeks, three weeks each phase, okay. and then we got bounced one week from one phase back to another one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens. Uh, all right, so what, uh, did you go somewhere else for AIT or did you stay? No, I actually went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, which we all know is Fort Lost in the Woods, Misery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there during the winter month. So oh. I was there, I would say, roughly right after Christmas Exodus. Okay. And it was cold. There wasn't nothing out there. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's there's really it, nothing out there. I think it's like Waynesville, Missouri, I think. Something like that. And even when you do finally get to that point where you get the off-post pass, you're like, for what? Ain't nothing like, to do. <laughs> for what? I might as well stay in the barracks and save me some money. Right, right. Um, And then, so how long was your AIT? Um, my AT, AIT, I believe, was about 13 weeks. Okay. I want to say. It was roughly no actually i think it was eight weeks but i was there for 13 weeks because i was a holdover after my battle focus training because for i'm not sure if other mos's do it but i know for our mos like mechanic mos we had battle focus training directly after we get done with ait which is pretty much like where you're uh learning obsec and going through different ranges and different kind of training and stuff like that so and i I'm not sure if other MOS has had to do that. I think I think for, I don't know about the other ones, but combat jobs, it's like we got combat, combat all the time. So every day was almost like battle focus training. Right. So, yeah, that definitely wouldn't have been something that you would wanted to do for an additional two weeks. Oh, no, no, it would have been good. Um, how was your AIT experience? Um, my AIT experience was pretty dope for the most part. Like, <clears throat> I think growing up around nothing but males, 
it wasn't like I was stepping outside of my comfort zone. When I originally got there, we were combined with another MOS within the same barracks. So it was Alpha Company and Bravo Company, which was about 260 soldiers. Of those 260 soldiers, 40 to 50 of them were women at the most. Okay. Um, then when they split us up and we got our own barracks, then it went down to like 15 women from oh my, my MOS specifically. Did you and, get, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, no. no. Um, and then for us, it was like, me like me being put in a squad with nothing but males it was like okay well it is what it is like i figured this was gonna happen like i picked a mechanic which is a male dominated mos mm -hmm. and did you get a um did you get along with other women is y'all did you did you feel like you were obligated to make friends with other women in the platoon um, kind of, sort of. I did feel obligated because we were all staying in the same barracks room for the most part or the same portion of the building. I know at one point when we switched to a completely different building, we were literally all in the same barracks room. Oh. So it was kind of like, yeah, you're kind of obligated, but not really because everybody is so different on like what their schedule is, how long they had been there. So you kind of see them. But the, ma the main times you really see them is either at chow or you see them when it's time to go to bed. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So what came after AIT? So after AIT, there was battle focus training. And then I was, battle focus training was two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then my dopest time during that training process was when I was a holdover for battle focus training. Okay. Because then I became cadre and I was the one running OPSEC mission. Okay. So I was the one, you know, putting, you know, helping put together these different details. Okay. We're going to be suicide bombers today. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do what? Like, teaching these soldiers okay like you this isn't the time to mess around like everybody thinks it's all fun and games but if this was a real live mission would you be able to handle x y and z like if you're at your post can you handle this yeah look at you high speed um that's what i, what I forgot did you <laughs> Not high speed. yeah that's what it was oh that's what i forgot did your family show up to your basic trainer uh graduation uh, yeah my my uh family did show up for my basic training graduation ait no because i knew like, first of all, it's too cold. They weren't doing anything extravagant, you know, for my AIT like that. I was like, you know, don't come out here. It's not a huge deal. I got battle focus training right after. Then I'm going to Georgia for airborne school. So it's like, there's no point in doing all this extra traveling to see me graduate from this and this and this. Like, just, you know, stay put. Right. Yeah. And how was airborne training? Because I remember when they tried, I, I always remember the recruiting dude. Uh, they came down for us and wanted to try to get people for airborne. And I was like, uh, I ain't finna jump out of no plane. Uh, I'd rather be a leg than a broke leg. So y'all got it. So how was, how was that? How was that life for you? Um, so it was cool up until the point where we take PT tests before we start doing actual like jump training. Mm -hmm. um, but even prior to taking that PT test, you have your pull-ups that you have to do and your push-ups that you have to do. You have to do those prior to going into the chow hall and you got to do them before you get up to the company to get in line for formation. So you're doing push-ups and pull-ups every time you got to eat and every time you get done eating. I mean, but honestly, by the time dinner come after you get through with those last pull-ups and push-ups, you're like, oh God, I'm sick. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> I've been doing this all day right after a meal. I'm sick. Um, the PT test is where, where things got a little muddy. Okay. Um, I when you're doing those kind of trainings, they don't want you to go full out. They don't want you to do it to your maximum. They want the bare minimum that's required of you for a PT test. You get up, you move on to the next exercise. Okay. My push-ups, they weren't counting my push-ups until my my chest was literally bouncing off of the ground. 
then it became now you're you're using the the ground to bounce yourself up from your push-ups and i'm like okay well what do you want from me at this point because i'm breaking the plane then you're telling me i'm going too low then it's not low enough it was is a mess. So then sounds, I finally. I'm about to say that sounds like that sounds like Tyrese. Like, what do you want? What more do you want from me? I just want to know <laughs> what more do you want from me. I mean, I even seen a guy picking up rocks with his mouth and spitting them out. At this point, he's being sarcastic. Like, okay, you say I'm not breaking the plane. Here I am picking up rocks with my mouth and spitting them out in front of me. Okay. Um, and then I get I finally get done after doing damn near a hundred pushups. I finally get done, and my minimum at that time was only like. 17 or 18 push-ups okay. so i've gone from doing my minimum to extending over my max and you know after you do so many when you're you know high speed and you're trying to get that biggest score you can on a pt test but when you're requested to do the minimum and they're not even counting your minimum yeah. it's like okay i'm tired now like in a minute y'all just gonna have to fail me because i ain't gonna make it no more yeah yeah so i get up knock out my sit-ups exercise and they're like okay you gotta make there to go make the run They've oh. already started the clock and people are already running on the track. So I'm like, okay, what happened to start the timer when the last person crosses the line? Mm-hmm. Like, as far as I knew, that was what was in the regulation, All but right. that's not what happened. All right. So then I finish it and it's pouring rain, finish it. And it, not only is it pouring rain, it's like five, six o'clock in the morning, pouring rain, finish mm-hmm. it. And they're like, nope, you didn't make it. You were 30 seconds late. Want to run it again? I'm like 30 seconds. No problem. I could run that again no rest in between i run it again they do the same exact thing start the clock when the first person crosses as opposed to the last person so it was like damned if i do damned if i don't second time came in 10 seconds too late so it was like you know what at this point this is god's way of telling me there's no reason for me to jump out of a perfectly good airplane yeah yeah i man i remember i had i'm i failed my first pt to that one 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 i may failed to run <laughs> so, like, that was so like, i failed that run <laughs> Uh man, I will always I I think I maybe have failed a grand total of like less than five PT tests in while I was in, and one of them was hilarious because it was for ALC and ALCs oh yeah ALC because I was had my staff, but it was a new course like a new new track and I, well of course and I had never ran it before and I failed it and Sergeant, I mean first time he was like you know how'd you end up failing that uh pt test i was like i didn't know the route i didn't know where to pick up i didn't know all the things he just his mind was blown and i like literally the next i think i took it again maybe three or four days later and passed it i'm like see if i would have known where i was going i would have i would have passed it for you but yeah that's new here on there Uh, i've I've always hated running on a track Mm -hmm. put me on one straight line like make me one runway and turn around come back I could do that no problem especially yeah. let me luck up and it be downhill no no, no no at carson it was literally i love the you know one way there one way back but at carson it was just literally just one it was it was a one you know it was the road just two miles straight down and oh, that was no yeah thanks. that was struggle <laughs> no thanks let me turn it on around let me yeah. turn around yeah, right yeah, back. yeah at least i had the turnaround it's like you all right all right i know i don't pick up here but yeah um so uh did you did you make an out of airborne trainer how that experience go so because i didn't pass that pt test as far as failing on the run by 10 seconds and you know 20 seconds and then by 10 seconds then you become a holdover Uh which is you waiting on placement to go to your permanent duty station because we all know that most people who go to bragg are airborne or aerosol for the most part Mm -hmm. so there was no way they were going to keep me at bragg there's you know people who are getting ready to come out of airborne school 
that they're trying to send a brag. So I waited for my orders for about two weeks, two to three weeks almost, and ended up getting orders to Fort Carson. But during my time as a holdover, even at in Benning, like I got to kind of kick it. I had quarter, you know, CQ that I had to pull here and there. And then we had random missions that we would have to do to go, you know, pick up parachutes and all kind of stuff. Like that was pretty dope. But yeah, it was just playing the waiting game until I got my orders. And where'd you get orders to? Fort Carson, Colorado. Cool. And then um, where'd you want to go? If you had an idea of where'd you want to go, where would it have been? Uh, Fort Bragg was where I wanted to go. Okay. That's exactly where I wanted to go because it put me still kind of close to home. Mm-hmm. And I figured a, a drive like that would be nothing. Like I was still kind of used to the snow because I was in, you know, Fort Leonard for so long. And then I had lived in Michigan, grew up in Michigan and spent spent time in Ohio. So I was already like used to the snow still. So I was like, it's not going to be much different than what I'm growing up with. Oh, wow. But then when I got orders to Colorado, I said, wait a minute, there ain't nothing out there but mountains. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just mountains out there. And, um, what was your rank when you arrived and how did you, what did you, how did you feel when you arrived to your uh, first duty station? Um, when I got to my first duty station, I want to say I was an E2 finally okay. after waiting and, you know, after all the waiting, cause I came in as an E1. I didn't have anything on my chest, mm-hmm. uh, nothing but buzz. Um, so I want to say I got to my, my first duty station and I was an E1. Um, my first duty station, I could say I was nervous because it was like you sending me out to Colorado. I definitely don't know anybody out here. I know a lot of the people I had went to boot camp with and AIT with were still at some of their trainings. Um, but I lucked up because I ended up being there with one guy that I went to boot camp with and another guy that I went to AIT with. Okay. And how was your um, experience at your new unit? Um, my experience was, was okay. Um, it took me a while to warm up. I've never been somebody who warms up to people easily. Like I'm not that social butterfly. That's like, Ooh, let's be friends. Mm -hmm. So I always like, kind of like examine people, read people, see, you know, got to watch and see what the dynamic is between different people. Um, I don't think I really like opened up until I finally hit the motor pool and was able to say, okay, this is who I'm going to be with every day. Like, now I know the people that I'm constantly going to be around. And then my roommate, uh, Martinez, was dope. She She's still one of my best friends to this day. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, I still, there's still a few ones that I still keep in contact with, um, even after the fact. And usually it's because, you know, we were friends, you know, right while we were in. So that definitely helps. Right, exactly. So did you come any, uh, did you experience any challenges while you were in? Um, I think the biggest challenges was the uptake in PT that I was doing because when you're in AIT and boot camp, you're doing PT, you know, you're doing the random smoke sessions that's going on. But for the most part, you got the PT once a day and then you get smoked here and there throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's that first three weeks of boot camp, which just seems like you're getting smoked every hour on the hour. Right. But then when I got to my first duty station, I found out that they were on PT twice a day. And you were on PT three times a day if you failed your PT test. So at that point, I'm really like, oh, I can't fail a PT test because I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. to come in here and work out just to do PT again at 7 a.m. And then again at 5 p.m. I can't do it. I'm not trying to do it. Okay. And so that was really oh, the biggest challenge. And did you have did you do any deployments? 
No, I didn't go on any deployments, unfortunately. I was slotted to go mm-hmm. when I went through my process as far as, you know, you're going through the medical checks and getting all your boxes checked. They decided that I was too broke to go pretty much okay. and that they didn't want to start anything to try to accelerate me to go. Okay. It was almost like we need soldiers downrange, but we don't need them that bad. Right. And um, so how, when did you ended up ETSing from the army and then what was your highest rank? So I ETS May 31st, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got out as a specialist. Okay. And how was that, um, how was that transition process out? Um, the transition process out could have been better. I, I can say that for sure. It could have been better. Um, the process where they're teaching you how to build your resume and, you know, what these employers are looking for. I don't feel like it benefited me the way it should have benefited me. Okay. I had no idea how to convert my MOS, not only my MOS, but the MOS that I was performing after I had to leave the motor pool due to medical issues. They didn't show me how to convert that or translate it into civilian terms to make somebody at a corporate business understand this is what I did. So this is what you're looking for. This is what I did. And on paper, of course, me being in the office that I was in, because it wasn't my MOS, it's not like it's documented other than my Army Achievement Medal that I received for that position. Okay. And uh, so you got out. What jobs did you have when after you got out of the Army? Um, Let's see here. So I worked at Walmart for about mm, two weeks at the most. And then I started working at Haynes Brand. I probably lasted there for about a month okay. before I was like, yeah, this is too much. Because I was driving 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back to get there. Okay. And it wasn't paying me enough to do all that driving. But it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I need to work because I'm getting bored being in the house. And school wasn't even on my mind. It was more so, okay, I got bills to pay. I need to jump back into something quick because I can't live off of a severance check. Right. And I can't live off of my disability. Okay. And man, it's just something about, so you have to just make those hard decisions because of them bills. Man, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I wish they would set up vets a little bit easier as they come out, like ease them back in society instead of a lot of them just getting thrust out there. And, and that's exactly how it felt. Like it, for a while, it was hard for me to kind of find my place again. Like, especially when it comes to time management Mm -hmm. like when I first got out I felt like civilians were the worst at time management Mm -hmm. because in the army it's like if you on time then you late you need to be here 15 minutes early you you need to have this you know x y and z ready and you show up to some of these civilian places and it's like oh you didn't tell me to have that well we expected you to have that but you didn't tell me to have it you know what I'm saying like so used to being told what you need to have on you at all times that when you go somewhere else, it's like, oh, I have to readjust. And now I have to relearn these things that I knew before I went in. Yeah, it can't, it definitely can't handicap a lot of people. I know the same, there were so many times uh, where I'd be just sitting there, sitting, waiting. And they're like, well, you weren't doing this? I'm like, well, you ain't tell me. And then they're like, well, we shouldn't have to. Like that whole, oh, you should take initiative and all the other things. And yeah, yeah, I definitely did not like that about the jobs I had. Um, but what are you, what are you doing now uh, as far as employment? Um, so I'm a general manager for a retail store. Um, I absolutely love what I do. Um, and it's definitely taken me a minute to find 
that company that fit me, mm-hmm. not only like as far as like my background, as far as my military background, but just fits me in general. Okay. Because yeah. I did for a while, like I bounced between companies. Even after I left Haynes Brand, I, I went to Chase and I worked there for about two years. And then I went somewhere else and worked there for two years. And then I went somewhere else and worked there for two years. So there was no true longevity, but it was because it's like, okay, I know what I have. You know, I know my background. I know the experience that I have. If there's no forward moving, then I have to go. Mm-hmm. So the company that I work for now, there was so much opportunity for forward movement that I was like, yeah, this is where I need to be. Okay, definitely. And let me see, marital status. Are we married, single, divorced. What we got going on? I'm single. Um, I'm technically, I guess you could say I'm divorced. Like if I have to fill out paperwork, <laughs> they want me to check the divorce box. <laughs> Cause that's what I am. Um, we were married for five years. We've been divorced now. Whew. I think it's been like three or four years. I uh-huh. want to say almost uh, close to it. Um, don't don't let me lie to you on the map. Uh, good. Any, I, it's about, never been my strong suit. <laughs> it happens. And did you have any uh, marriages while you were serving? Uh, yes, one that was very very short lived. Well, <laughs> it happens. It, it's the army way. It's the army way. You just follow. You be ready to be sergeant major. <laughs> It, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It was it was an arrangement or mm-hmm. an agreement, if you will, um, an agreement that went left real quick. And the terms of that agreement went left as well. Like there, the understanding went from, oh, we're together. And it's like, wait a minute. That's not what we agreed to, though. So it was definitely a decision that I wish I would have really thought through. Um, But it is what it is. Yeah, it is. I think about it. And of course, people always think that I got married before, like while I was in. I was like, nah, got married first, then joined the army. But I am so glad that she did not come with me because one, I was, I probably would have still been cheating. And then two, you saw how they got down. Like, yo, you cheating out there? Your wife going to get touched. Uh, Jody going to come up in there. And I was a little too emotional for all that. So it's, a, it's a definitely a good thing that she did not show up. <laughs> not Jody. <laughs> yeah, hey, I I used to I've I've seen Jody and I have been Jody myself, so I definitely get it. Shameful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, do you have any kids? If if not, do you have any desire to have any? Um, no, I don't have any kids right now. I mean, two marriages. I definitely dodged a bullet on that. Thank goodness, I don't have that stamp on me. Not not saying that I don't want them. I do see them in the future. But I would like to have myself established to a point where it's like, yeah, whatever they need, whatever they want, they got it. You know, not to mention the fact I want to make sure that I'm established in my career to where I can make sure that I have all the time in the world to dedicate and devote to them. Because that's what that's what they deserve. Essentially, that's what kids deserve when you bring them in the world. Right. Because you're a parent 24 seven. Oh, my bad. I ain't to cut you off. Go ahead. You good. Yeah. And I was just saying that, man, as it's. You know, I always remember the big, the always thing they always had on any of them signs would it show, even show their family, and it was mission first. And I think about how, even with myself, how much of the years I missed out. And they just, they just, the army is just not conducive for families. So a lot of kids, they were either raising themselves or they almost never see one of those parents. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one thing that I am grateful for as far as being so young when my parents got out, because we didn't have to do all that bouncing around. There was no, oh, we here for two, three years. Now we got to pick up and move. There was none of that. Right. You know, there was 
moved from Germany back stateside and then my mom had got out, which is why we moved back stateside. And then my dad followed a few months later. So, and then he got out. So there, was, there wasn't any of that moving place to place. And I know a lot of military kids love it, mm-hmm. but I'm just grateful that we didn't have to experience it because at the end of the day, I see what it has done to some families. Right, right. And do you have any dreams, special interests, any hobbies? So in my spare time, I do like to read. I just finished Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae. Okay, how was that? Was book. Oh, I loved it. I laughed. There were so many parts in that book that I laughed. And that, strangely enough, there was so much stuff that I related to. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is she talking about this? I don't, I don't want to talk about that part. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I be rooting for Issa. I've been watching her since, of course, yeah, the Awkward Black Girl series. Um, I like to see what they're gonna do with Insecure, and then the two movies she came out with with the photograph, and then Lovebirds. Those are very good. I was I was definitely shocked. So she is she doing her thing. I'll be rooting for her. And see, I haven't seen them yet, but that that's definitely on the watch list when I have some time. I think both of them, at least not at least the Lovebirds is on Netflix, so you could definitely check that out. It was hilarious. I was surprised by that one. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to definitely check that out, and, and then uh, I'm on uh common right now let love have the last word okay and uh anything what like dreams and goals do you have so my goals that i have is to start a nonprofit organization that helps connect veterans with other veterans to help smooth and ease the transition of going from military to civilian because i feel like granted we have all these amazing programs out there but there's nothing that really connects veterans to other veterans without necessarily having to be within the same localized area. Okay. And that transition is hard. Like I've talked to many of my old battle buddies and they're like the hardest trans, the hardest part of everything for me was going from military to civilian to being accountable for just me and then having to adjust to all these new terms. Like I'm not told what to do, what to wear, what time to be somewhere or now I'm getting used to being around my family again and I don't know how this works or I can't relate to other people. Mm-hmm. Like it, we don't have anything in common. So um, I'm actually in the process of working on something to rectify that. Good deal, good deal. I definitely can't wait to see to that comes to fruition and any support that you need. You know, you got me in there. Um, so yeah, what what would you say has been your greatest accomplishment so far since you've been out? I would say my greatest accomplishment would be the influence that I've had on my younger siblings. Okay. Um, them seeing me move out of state on my own, and granted I did it the military way, but them seeing me move out of state and bounce from here to there and actually do what I have to do, or when I graduated with my bachelor's degree in human development and family studies, like them actually seeing me walk across that stage to the point where they're doing these things for themselves and going to school or wanting to go to school like that there is my biggest accomplishment i mean my mom even though my brother is only two years younger than me she calls him my son every now and again she's mm-hmm. like oh let me tell you what your son did and i'm like you do realize we're only two years apart like that's <laughs> definitely not my child but i dig what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely that's one thing i know i kind of suggest vets do if they can if they if I say go back to school, like just just to learn something, just to get ease back into society instead of jumping like straight into a job, and then you can do it on expectation because with school, once again, you can set your schedule. You ain't got to be up super early, and then it's an opportunity to kind of really, really kind of different school of thought. Oh. 
And then see, for me, I would say if you can while you're still in, use TA. Oh, yeah. Use that position assistance and get that degree done while you're in. That way you can use that GI Bill to pay for a different degree or another level. And then for those that are transitioning out, I would even suggest taking that, you know, if you're going to take one class first, take that one class and do it online or do all of your courses online and show up to a classroom for, you know, that one semester that you're required to, because it is hard being used, getting used to people again, especially that are showing up late, asking all these questions that we assume is common sense, but we all know common sense ain't that common. Yeah, woo! I remember so many times it was. I think it was bad in grad school. I I used to. I just used to get so agitated, and I would walk out, and it's it's like this is. I remember, I was like, you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. As far as being that angry vet, so definitely for me, you know, more school and therapy definitely helped out, um, in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did most of my degree online because I just I couldn't be a, in a classroom setting. Like I did what was required, which was my one <laughs> my one class, like physical classroom. Everything else I had to do online just because I couldn't be in the classroom. It yeah. just wasn't comfortable for me anymore. And I tell them, uh, yeah, use that TA if you got the time. Uh, knock out, um, you know, have an idea what you want to do, and then look at the college and knock out as many of those general ed courses. Because what happened with me, uh, I ended up using up all my money for the bachelor's degree and only got GI Bill for ha- like one semester of grad school and everything else is loans. Um, and of course, you know, VA, they finna make you, I don't know what you got to do to get voc rehab. <laughs> that uh, that that algorithm, you know, when y'all find out, let me know. But please, because this master's degree is getting expensive. Because I would, I would, and it's like, I don't, part of me does want to go back for a doctorate and or a law degree, but other parts of me just wants to do kind of go to school for these things that I really, really love. I think I did a, you know, going to school back for just for job security, but now I want to like maybe, you know, um, major in uh, photojournalism or something, just having something else. So if I can just get back and just get that, I just want that one year of left of um, Vogue Rehab. And that's it, I don't want nothing else. I feel it. Like I said, when you when you find out who the plug is on Vogue Rehab, let me know. Right, I, I got, yeah, when y'all, if y'all hear this, or I got a Vogue Rehab plug, holler at me, um, I will pass the information along. <laughs> yeah, so what uh, what's something that uh, people don't know about you? I would say something that people don't know about me is I I'm pretty decent at mimicking other voices like characters from like cartoons and shows like I'm not gonna do it today. Oh, I was about to ask you to pick. <laughs> I was almost about to pick one. You know, you gonna make me bust one out. That's, that's, that's like on. Today. Hey, I'm gonna you know it's like on what was it? Maybe Big Tick asked you to freestyle or something. <laughs> I'm not gonna freestyle. I'm not gonna do it today. But I I am pretty good at you know some of the characters from the Cleveland show. You know, I, I just to drop a few names. I'm I'm pretty decent at a Riley from Boondocks. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you a pass. Just but but yeah, I appreciate that. Don't no put me problem. out there today. All right. So, what do you have any health issues that you worried about from your time from your service in the army? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got back issues. I've got shin splints. I've had two foot surgeries. Hmm. Um, a slew of mental health things that I have going on. So I definitely have my concerns. Um, every day I wake up in pain. Some days are better than others. Um, and I'm, I've gotten to a point where I try to manage my pain the best I can herbally, mm-hmm. as far as like different kind of natural anti-inflammatories, like turmeric and black seed oil, like doing things the natural way, CBD cream, okay. because 
I use those medications on the days where I feel like I can't get out of bed. And yeah, it's just so frustrating because people look at us and be like, y'all are fine. <laughs> y'all should be okay. And then I'm like, yeah. no, dog. Like literally every day I'm in some sort of pain. Like I think this is funny. My body parts are like, you know, which one of us is going to hurt this week? And this week it's the knees. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Y'all be taking turns like my ankles is all that, and it's 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 not fun, you know. It's I'm glad, but I'm glad I have all my limbs because you know some of them vets, bro, they came back, they ain't got no limbs, or they burned, or you know they totally way more jacked up than we are. So that's what keeps me, you know, even though it sucks, that's what keeps me like, okay, I'm not gonna complain too much. I might bitch about this damn knee trick knee every once in a while, but I ain't gonna, you know, I'm grateful for everything that I do have. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I wake up some mornings and I'm like, oh, hello, you're here today. Oh. Pain, okay? How are we getting out this bed this morning? And then I get out the bed, I take that first step, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be a limp kind of day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're going to have a limp today. Somebody, you know, think I got my pimp walk, my pimp walk on, but it, I'm really in pain, but we just going to deal with it. That's one thing I tell a little bit. Just, just accept where you are. You know, them days are, you know, of course, we all have them in our heads. Like, you know, I used to used to run two miles and this month time did all this stuff like that. And it's like, no, nah, the, the army did a number on y'all. So just try to stay active as much as you can within, you know, the limit. You know, you don't want to try to hurt yourself too much because I know me just trying to be compete. I try to do CrossFit. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Let me let me do something that's low impact and, you know, still keeps that cardio up. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I think that was the hardest part as far as the physical fitness aspect of things is getting used to not being able to push myself or mm -hmm. not being physically able to push myself, I'll say, because there's still days where I get on a treadmill and I start running and I can't run over two miles because if I do over two miles, like I'm down for a few days, but it's like, you still push yourself because you still have that, that mindset. Like, no, I got to get this done. I only got, you know, 17 or 16 minutes to do this run and I got to go. Yeah. Take your, take your time with it now like yeah, I'm you're out there's no yeah I'm there's no requirements anymore. yeah i'm glad you brought up the holistic approach because they'll they'll give us meds for days all these pills and everything else but i definitely want to follow more of a holistic approach and yoga has helped a lot um i know there were times before yoga i my back was so tight i'd have to put on my pants while i was laying down because the pain was so much and like over time definitely like, yoga has helped yeah, I definitely. Yeah, that one I did do for a while is the yoga. I made the mistake and tried hot yoga. I don't know what the hell I was thinking of that. <laughs> oh, no, I am not. a Man, I do hot yoga and I'm thinking I'm back in the in the war. I'm like, oh, it's too hot for this shit. <laughs> nah, cool. When I, like, why is it so hot? Yeah, why is my when I, they, do, they don't understand. Like, being in the army, you're out in the elements where you don't want to be. When you just say, it's either you're hot as hell or you're cold as fuck. And I'm like, I exactly. just comfortable. Exactly. Yeah, but any is there any? We're going to start wrapping things up. But is there anything else that you would want the people to know um, about yourself? Any additional thoughts, information that you, you know feel like you left out? Um, I would definitely say if you are a vet or active duty, National Guard, Reserve, whatever form, if you need help, reach out. Don't think that somebody hasn't been through it or hasn't gone through it or isn't currently going through it. Like lean on each other. Like that's why we call each other battle buddies because we're supposed to be there for each other through everything. 
like reach out. There's still people who want to talk. I mean, hey, if you need somebody, reach out to me. I'm always down to talk, especially to somebody who, you know, needs help or has questions. Like, just reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out because that that's the biggest thing that I see a lot of veterans struggling with is asking for help because we get so fine-tuned into not asking for help, just handling it on our own. Yeah, definitely, definitely reach out for help because there are veterans out here uh, that know the system that will help you get the, the right disability rating or just know the right services to get you hooked up. You don't have to do any of this thing alone because what I hate to see is, you know, I've seen it, you know, since I've got out, um, some of my buddies or other guys I serve where they just, you know, they end up taking their own lives. And it's like, man, there was, you know, it's like, but I'll tell people, like, if you, you know, even on that, just make sure you get all the help that you can before you try to even just give up on life. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I've lost a few friends myself to, you know, suicide. And it's definitely one of those things that makes everybody question, okay, was I there the way I should have been? Did I give enough support when they asked for it? So definitely, like, reach out. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to honor their memories by doing stuff like this by helping other vets, just putting out information, just letting them know that like, we, you didn't serve alone, so you don't have to be a civilian alone. So that's kind of what I do, you know, the message I'd like to push. But I, but I definitely appreciate you, um, you know, coming on and telling your story. Uh, where can the good people reach you? They can reach me on my personal Facebook, Aaliyah Shakur. They may even catch me in a few vet groups. I'm connected through some of the female veteran groups, some of the, um, I think it's called Bet to Vets on Facebook. So I can be seen posting and talking through those, giving advice in those, or they can reach out to me directly. It's Aaliyah Shakur. That's one A A L I Y A H and last name Shakur S H A K O O R. Not to be confused with too <laughs> Good deal. Well, I thank you very much and I appreciate you and thank you for your service. Thank you for yours. No problem. And we are back. Yeah, that was a great interview. Learned a lot. And uh, I'm just glad to see that she's doing well because I worry about a lot of veterans after they get out. That adjustment period is hard and it is overwhelming for a lot and they don't make it. But I'm always proud of my friends that are able to transition out uh just be on the look you i will put her information in the show notes so you can reach out to her uh if you'd like to help with the nonprofit that she is trying to get off the ground if you have any knowledge about nonprofits or anything as far as helping veterans uh once i put it in there send it out i mean you know reach out to her if you would like to and that is all i got for now y'all be safe y'all be easy have a great and wonderful day night week whatever you got going on have a wonderful year be easy